0: This episode is brought to you by our great sponsors. BoldGrid works as a suite of plugins designed to help you create WordPress websites faster and easier than ever. BoldGrid will improve your workflow by providing direct access to free themes, page templates, photography, design elements, forms, galleries, and much more right from your dashboard. And the BoldGrid page builder allows you to easily Drag and drop and edit this content as you see fit, all without having to use short codes. To learn more, head over to buildpodcast.net slash boldgrid. That's buildpodcast.net slash b-o-l-d-g-r-i-d. Do you build WordPress sites? Are you hitting the limits of your coding knowledge? Break free of your limits and do far more than you ever thought possible. Formidable Forms will help you build robust applications quickly without any PHP, take on bigger projects, earn more clients, and grow your business. Get started today at buildpodcast.net slash forms. That's buildpodcast.net slash forms. And now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that today? My guest is Aaron E. Flynn. Aaron, how are you today?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm wonderful. Now, I I assumed that I could pronounce your name right, but it's been an obsession of mine lately because I always forget to ask. That is correct?
1: That is correct. And actually, I am going to make this simpler for everybody in the very near future because I finally shelled out the money to buy AaronFlynn.com, which was, you know, a nice like thousand dollar investment. (laughs) But I'm like, this is just so worthwhile because that E is very confusing. So I am Aaron E. Flynn. I'm also just Aaron Flynn in the very near future.
0: Awesome. Very cool. I have pined after Casabona.com for years. And this lady owns it and she hasn't updated her site in like forever, but she likes her email address. So like every 18 months, I'm like, can I have it, please? Like, you can keep your email. So if if you are listening, Miss, Miss Casabona, please, this is a plea. <laughs> so I I heard about you first on uh, Rethink FM with my good friend Jackie D'Elia. You were talking about all of the wonderful freelancing resources that you have, and I thought this would be uh, a great show to have you on as well. So why don't you uh, take a little bit of time and tell us uh, a little bit about who you are uh, and then the, the, the product that we're going to be talking about today.
1: Yeah, so I'm a web designer and developer, and I've been making websites for ages, um, since 1999 was when I, you know, started with like my Sailor Moon fan sites and things like that. Um, I didn't make my, I I started like kind of like roughly freelancing, like on this side, um, probably 2001, 2002, I'd make like a website here and there, but I didn't officially like do this as a business until 2012. And it was a huge learning curve to go from, I'm just going to make a website, you know, for a random person when I feel like it to actually running a business and trying to pay bills every month. That was a huge learning curve and my first year was actually horrible. (laughs) So, Thankfully, my my then boyfriend, now husband, supported me through that mess. (laughs) Um, But along the way, I think I made probably every mistake you could make and learned a lot from it. And so now I'm trying to help other people avoid those mistakes by teaching them. And I still do web design and development. I'm very choosy about those now, which is great that I get to be. Uh, But now, actually, my primary focus is helping other web designers and developers and some freelancers in general get their business stuff in order because it's so important. And it's just it's it's a shock to how much there is to do and where to start. So that's my primary focus now.
0: That's fantastic. And it sounds like we started freelancing around the same time I was, uh, oh, I was like a sophomore in high school. Uh, and um, it was like 2002. And You know, I had no idea what I was doing. My church just needed a website. And I was like, yeah, I guess, like, you'll pay me. (laughs) And, you know, even as I went through college and did it full time a little bit after college, there were no great resources. So when you when you started putting these resources together, uh, I guess, around 2013, 14, 15.
1: My first product for freelancers and web designers and developers was late 2014 when I made my email templates.
0: Gotcha. So at that point, there were a a couple of resources. Uh, Did you do any research to see what was already out there? Or what did that look like?
1: It was not very formal. In fact, this was not like a business plan to start mm-hmm. going into products then at all at that point. But I what I saw was I, I actually I majored in communication in college. And so I feel like I'm pretty strong in that area. And I would always be like giving advice on, okay, you've got this bad client. Well, let's look and see what happened, like where the communication problems happened. And here's what you can say to address this issue. And, you know, fix it and move on. So that was kind of I just threw together a bunch of like email scripts that I had written for people and made it a product. And I I wrote a couple more to flesh it out. And that was it. I put it up for sale. I sold like a couple hundred copies. I was like, wow, (laughs) this is insane. (laughs) What have I been doing wrong? Um, And I didn't, so the research was really just from other people, like in Facebook groups or on Twitter, I'd see they were struggling with something and I would write a template for that. And then just kind of started a collection. And then from there, once I realized this was something that people really had an interest in because I sold a couple hundred copies, I said, "Well, how can I make this better? What other problems are people having? How can I make this something that's really, really useful?" So on the second edition, I think I added almost I think we have eighty four different like options for what you can like say in a reply. There's not eighty four scenarios but different options for replies. Yeah. And that was much more research. Like, what are people having issues with? Where is the actual problem in the client communication? And how can you kind of start that communication, set, like setting it up for success? Like, how can you avoid this from happening in the first place? And, you know, go through different levels of responding before it's, I hate you and I want you to die. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, uh, oh man, the worst email I ever got, I think was like, uh, well she would start off all of her emails like as a blah blah major in college and i'm like yeah i know i me too (laughs) And, and then she just like she said can you send me a copy of the contract and i'm like great she's like checking for this and that so i've i've been on the uh you know i think a lot of freelancers have been on the the side of the coin where everything goes south that i just like mixed up two sayings there it's fine Uh, but, uh, what would you say is the, in your research, what would you say you found is the most common difficulty with client communications?
1: Honestly, I think it comes from expectations in the first place. It's the designers. We know what we're doing and Mm -hmm. we know what we're building. We've probably done this, you know, at least, like a hundred times already, it's not new to us. And so things that are common sense, like how long is it going to take? What's the next step? What do you need from the client? tends to not get communicated. And so when you have, and this actually happened to me um, a couple times before I realized where this problem was, I would tell clients, I need to have content first, which we want to have. And I would say that, like, in their, in the initial email, but I never really made that clear. Like, I need all of the content. I need final copy. I need final images. And I need everything, like, good to go approved. And so, you know, it would come time for me to make the website, and there would be a million changes. Like, I don't like how that, you know, like, looks. I want to change this paragraph, and then I'm redoing work. And so that was all a problem with expectations and communicating clearly what I actually needed from the client and it made them really frustrated and it made me really frustrated. And that's just one example. But I mean, that happens all the time. You set, you fail to set expectations of when you're available or you start answering emails within five minutes of them sending them. And then they think that you're always going to do that, including on Sunday morning. (laughs) So all of those expectations are really, really the biggest issue.
0: Gotcha. That's, that's such a great point. And, that, and that's, that's something that, you know, I've tried to, to preach to people I know as well is, especially the email thing. Like, I, I used to set a hard rule, like, don't respond for at least half an hour, like, like, don't make it seem like you're always at your computer, because you might not be. And so yes. that's, that's really fantastic. Make sure to set expectations.
1: One of those email things, just is a trick because my yeah. brain won't let me not respond to things sometimes. If you get Streak for Gmail, you can set it to send like an hour later, which is what I almost always do. So I will, it will come in and I'll be like, oh my God, I have to respond to this because I just, I get anxiety <laughs> over my inbox. But it won't send until an hour later. If I know I don't want to hear from that client again that day because I need to focus on other things, mm-hmm. I'll send it at 5 p.m. And oh, that's it's fantastic. like the last email of the day and it just goes out then and it's like I responded. They're still getting a response very quickly. It's totally reasonable, but it takes that pressure off and you're not chatting in your email.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So so I use uh, Newton, which is like a paid for Mac app, but it's got like the snooze functionality and I will gratuitously use that. So I'll snooze an email for, mm-hmm. all right, I'll deal with this later. But that's, I, I think I like your... You're way better because you get to respond and it's like off of your plate. Cool. So being a freelancer, uh, I I know this, it, it can get really hard. You work from home. You're often in a silo. But I also found that like being part of a mastermind group or bouncing ideas off of other people helps a lot. Do you talk to anybody about business advice and direction or anything like that?
1: Yes. So I highly recommend everybody get into a mastermind and I, I really actually enjoy I'm in two masterminds and I really enjoy being in one that is a little bit more web design and development focus and the other is not. So it's great to have outside opinions, because when you're with just other web designers and developers, you can go really in depth into industry problems, which is fantastic. But you can't see and they can't see the issues that regular people who visit your website or are trying to buy your services can see. So having somebody who's, you know, a copywriter or a business coach or just it's completely different industry in a mastermind with you is fantastic. And I also highly recommend going to conferences and conventions and getting out there and seeing people in real life who get it, because that is the most amazing and fun thing you can possibly do.
0: Yes. That's awesome. Like plus one for the conferences. Cause uh, I've made a lot of my friends today from going to conferences and remembering how to interact with people in real life. Now, we've had this conversation on, on Twitter, but I'd love to bring it to the podcast. Do you, you know, we both work from home. Do you go to a co-working space at all or, or anything like
1: that? I don't. I live in the boonies. So I'm up near Aspen and there's <laughs> there's like 17,000 people in my county. There's there's no co-working spaces. Yeah. I used to live in Denver, and there are a ton of cool ones, and I have some friends in Denver who post photos where they're co-working, and I get so jealous. But unfortunately, <laughs> uh, the closest one for me is, I think, two hours away, and that's just Ooh. not ever yeah, happening. Yeah, that's,
0: that's rough. Uh, man, that's I, – uh, I was spoiled when I was living in Scranton. I lived, like, down the street from my co-working space, uh, so I could, like, walk there if I wanted to.
1: That's nice.
0: Yeah, so – this one, the one where I am now is like 20 minutes away, which is, I mean, not two hours away, but it's still like, do I want to? I don't know. It's like I have a lot of meetings today. That's the hardest thing for me is if I have a lot of meetings, I don't want to go out to a co-working space. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. So uh, let's, let's we're about halfway through. Great. This is perfect. Uh, let's get to the title question. So how did you build it? And I don't think we've really defined it at this point, you know, we've talked a little bit about your email templates and your products, but you have a membership site. Is that right?
1: I do. I have a brand new membership site that uh, is still in the early stages of getting everything added, but I've incorporated a lot of the things that I had created before into the membership. So it's really exciting uh, to get that going.
0: Awesome. So before we started recording, you were telling me a little bit about how you're your moving platforms. Can you tell us a little bit about how you initially built this site and then uh, kind of the decisions and process of transferring everything over?
1: Yes. So I originally, actually, I originally started on Teachable as a minimum viable product, getting that going and just seeing if anybody would buy. I immediately spent so much in fees to Teachable that it made more sense for me to move to Rainmaker, which I adore as a platform. And I know some people uh, find it very restrictive and for a personal site, like as like a web designer or developer, you might. But for hosting like a big signature course, it's awesome. Like Startup Camp, if you're familiar with that, is on there. And that was a lot of my inspiration when I was looking at how to build my site. But my issue was that while it was fantastic for my signature course, uh, Creative Compass, it did not work well for the workshops. It I mean, it worked fine, but there are a lot of steps with any WordPress type LMS or membership to add things. So you have to do a download protection. You have to upload the files and you have to like manually put them into the page, to the right member groups. It was a lot. And for, like I said, a signature course that you build once, it was the perfect platform, but for adding something every single month, I was like, I want something where literally my husband can go in, he can upload a file and it's done. He just hits publish and it's done. And so that's why we're actually moving back to teachable because I don't want my business to be so reliant on me hitting that publish Mm -hmm. button. And I don't want to have to hire another (laughs) basically developer to be able to do that. So, This is not knocking the Rainmaker platform at all. Like I said, I love it. And I think it's fantastic for big signature courses. But for what I want to do, adding content basically constantly, I just wanted something super easy and teachable. After doing a ton of research, I was like, teachable is reasonably priced. It makes that easy. People can still buy individual products if they hate the subscription option, because some people do. And so it just made it, it does lack a lot of things that I would like to eventually have in a membership. There are no forums, you know, there's not really like page protection. It's really just the courses. So it it is lacking in a lot of things that way. But I feel like, again, for a minimal viable product membership site, it's a really good place to start. And, you know, a year from now, we'll see where we are and maybe I find some other platform, whatever's cooled (laughs) in.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and so, uh, so you have your signature course, which maybe you can explain a little bit about, and then you have these workshops, which mm-hmm. serve, I guess, like a, a different purpose. Is that right?
1: Yes. So my signature course, Creative Compass, is basically if you're new to creating your web design business or you built it and it's not going very well, it takes you through everything from structuring your business around the life that you want to live. So that's actually where we start. We start with figuring out what what you want your life to be and then everything is built around that. And then it takes you through pricing, it takes you through uh, some marketing and networking with people, it helps you write your business plan that you can actually follow because you've thought everything out. So that's my big signature course that I will likely keep on Rainmaker because it's perfect for that. And then the workshops are short, actionable things that you can typically do in an afternoon or a weekend. So I have an intro packet So what that is, is basically if somebody comes to your website and they say, I want to work with this web designer, they can either email you and then you send them the intro packet or uh, other people make it a just download, like download this and get the information. And it basically walks through all of the things that you need to set for expectations. This is approximately how long a website's going to take. These are the office hours I work. Uh, this is when you can expect, you know, to hear from me during the week, things like that. It helps you get all of those things set up. And then I have other workshops too, but the workshops are like short actionable things that you can do to immediately improve your business without having to go through a six week course.
0: That's awesome. Uh, it sounds like a really great resource. And We've we've talked a little bit about, you know, the, the transformations you've gone through. Uh but with moving platforms, uh what would you say is like the biggest challenge in that?
1: You know, the biggest challenge for me is feeling like I have to justify being obnoxious to my audience. <laughs> like because like I said, we started on Teachable and then we moved to Rainmaker, and now six months later I'm moving all of the workshop stuff off of Rainmaker. And it's just, it's a hassle for everybody. It's like one more thing people have to add to their to-do list. So I feel, I feel bad about it. I feel, you know, like I'm very annoying, like, hey, thanks for moving. By the way, go back and, you know, (laughs) sign up for this now. And so that is a hassle. But the other thing uh, that is frustrating is people who don't understand the difference between the two platforms, because I've already gotten um, a couple emails from people transferring And they say, I don't understand where am I supposed to log in? And so I wasn't clear enough about them being like two separate things. And we need to, (laughs) so I've had to go back and do some clarification. And so that's really kind of frustrating. And the other thing, I guess the third and final thing that's frustrating about it is when you have, so like I have everybody like tagged in ConvertKit. But not everybody originally made the move from Teachable to Rainmaker. And now I'm trying to move them back. But I set up my courses separately. And so if they weren't tagged as being a student from Rainmaker, then they're not getting the emails. So I've had a couple people message me and say, oh, somebody said we were moving. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Now I have to go back and do. So if you're going to move platforms, really think through all of the steps and what you're going to do, you know, uh, about simplifying those moves and maybe even write up some email templates so you can just shoot them off. Because now I'm just sending like copy pasting to everybody who has the same questions.
0: Gotcha, man, that's wild. And so that made me think of a a very interesting question. You're, You're a freelancer. But it sounds like you've got a few tools to help you automate a couple of things like you specifically mentioned ConvertKit. What are some of like the must have tools or the must, your like top five things that help you run your business?
1: ConvertKit is definitely one of them. I adore ConvertKit. And a lot of people have asked me how to use that as a web designer, a developer and I mentioned the intro packets before. So if you have somebody fill out your contact page, you can immediately send them your intro packet, like as, you know, either through a convert kit trigger or Gravity Forms trigger or something like that. But then you can also automate follow-up emails to get them to book that initial call for you or to fill out the information that you need. And so, you know, just a short email series that says, hey, look at this person I've worked with. Uh, They've had great results from working with me. You can book your consult call here. Do things like that. And I mean, that makes it so worthwhile. And of course you can do automations with other email platforms too, but ConvertKit is so easy to use that I highly, highly recommend that. And that's just a little example of how I would use that as a designer to funnel clients into actually booking with you once they've made that initial contact without having to do That much follow-up on your part, which is a great time saver. And then other things. It really kind of depends on your business. Obviously, you need like Photoshop and Illustrator. Mm -hmm. Whether we like them or not, you have to have them. And then I'm a big fan of StudioPress for themes. I really love doing Genesis Child themes. I think that's uh, a really great option for developers. I like doing the child themes because I know that Genesis is always going to be updated. It's a good, solid framework. I don't have to worry about that. I just have to worry about, you know, the pretty and the additional functions in a child theme. So as a developer, I I don't, I don't even touch themes (laughs) like that are not Genesis. It's like, oh, that's not a Genesis site. Sorry, (laughs) I'm not doing it. So I'm a little snobby there, but I I love it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I mean, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you wouldn't you wouldn't ask like a corporate lawyer to do, you know, wills or something like that, right? You know, you yeah. you, got, you want them to stick to their specialty. So
1: and you wouldn't I, take your Tesla to a Toyota dealer. You know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. That's um like a maybe a much better analogy. So and
1: we we both have Teslas, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, the, definitely uh, wish I, one of us <laughs> at least wishes he does. So
1: <laughs> I wouldn't mind one.
0: Yeah. Right. Exactly. So. Awesome. Uh so we are we're coming up on time and I've got two questions for you. Mm-hmm. One is what are your plans for the future?
1: Okay, so what I really wanna do is this is gonna be a long answer. <laughs> I'm sorry. so i want to keep doing like the design and the development but i want to do that with a team because right now i'm referring people to a copywriter and then i'm referring them to a marketing strategist and so i'm getting my agency up and running and we've done a couple projects so far but i really want to take that to the next level and make it a really good streamlined process because we're still working those kinks out so i want to do that and i want to do a few i want i don't want to do a ton i don't want to be like you know, doing a million websites per year, but I want to do some really great websites, you know, maybe do five per year that are just awesome with this agency where we can really make a difference in somebody's business. And then I want to have uh, more courses, obviously. So with the membership, I'm trying to release content every single month for that. So I want to have more courses and more resources for web designers and developers and kind of have like a central hub where people can go and they can get the information they need to run their business, not necessarily how to do coding or design, but how to do the business portion specifically to web design and development because that's, there's general business advice everywhere.
0: Right. It's
1: not necessarily applicable to web design and development. You, right. Like you don't need a 10,000, you know, member or subscriber email list. You just need, maybe 10 really good clients per year or five if you charge enough right, and you're right. done. So there's, you know, things specific to our industry. And I want to get that hub together and bring in some more people to help contribute to that and have a really, really great resource uh, for web designers and developers.
0: Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Good luck. I hope uh, I hope for all of that and more for you. Uh, and I, I want to ask you uh, my favorite question to ask, which is, do you have any trade secrets for us?
1: I don't know that I have secrets because I blab everything that I learned to everybody. Like, Hey, did you know about this thing? Let me tell you about it for way longer than you want to listen. Um, But I think the biggest thing is to listen to your audience, whatever it is that you're doing, listen to them and what they're saying. And that doesn't necessarily mean, you even have to go ask them questions all the time. Just pay attention. If you uh, want to work with fashion bloggers, for example, make a Twitter list of fashion bloggers, follow it and pay attention to what they're saying. See what they're struggling with their, with their websites or trying to, you know, uh, increase how much money they're making. See what their problems are so that you can address them. And kind of that eavesdropping is actually sometimes more helpful than directly asking because they're, they, they're not filtering what they're saying they don't have to put like this vague thing into words they're just kind of like a venting a frustration that you can then uh, fix for them so really pay attention to what the people you want to serve are saying so that you can be that person to fix the problem
0: that's fantastic so it goes to you know kind of understanding your niche and having domain knowledge of, of what they're going through mm-hmm. that's That's fantastic. Uh, So, listen to your audience. As soon as you said that, I I thought of the Roxette song, uh, Listen to Your Heart. So, that's going to be stuck in my head. Hope it's stuck in everybody else's head now,
1: too. You're welcome.
0: (laughs) Aaron E. Flynn, soon to be Aaron Flynn, thank you very much for joining me today. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. I've had a lot of fun.
0: Hey, everybody. Do you want to get out there and build something with WordPress? In my new course, How to Build WordPress Themes, a Web Designer's Guide, I teach you just that. In the course, we'll learn how to take a static HTML site and convert it into a fully functional WordPress theme and plugin. We'll start with a little bit about PHP and how it works. We'll explore some great tools like underscores, and then we'll take a static site and convert it to a WordPress theme. You'll become familiar with underscores. You'll learn how to customize blog posts, pages, header and footer areas, and create custom menus and widgets. You'll build a plugin. And you'll even learn how CMB2, a popular WordPress tool for adding custom information works. And for a limited time, How I Built It listeners can get 20% off. Just go to buildpodcast.net slash Udemy. That's buildpodcast.net slash U-D-E-M-Y. Thanks so much for listening and thanks to our great guest and fantastic sponsors. If you liked the show, Please rate it and subscribe on iTunes, in Google Play, or whatever your podcast app of choice is. If you have any questions, be sure to reach out at howibuilt.it. And finally, until next week, get out there and build something.